Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. All right, I think we're live. You think so? I think so, but right. I'm checking. I'm checking, okay, checking. Very good. Oh, okay, I got it. Let's see. Yep, looks like we are live. I understand Facebook. Okay. All right, let me just... That's it? Oh, it says we're going. It says we're going. We're yep. live. So here's what they see right here. Okay. <laughs> so we got we got three people watching so far. We already who's on? Hi guys. Early. So we're early, and um, this is a very special Taco Tuesday we got here today. Different setup, different format. So um, we don't have any Glenn today, as many of you probably know. Glenn was on a road trip, couldn't make it. Um, that kind of broke my heart. He posted like didn't tell us just. Posted <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. world. Just, just peace out. Not going to be here. Yeah, more or less, more or less. But um, for anybody who doesn't know Chris Weir, I'm here today with Chris Weir, who is live in person live here in our office. I am here in Salt Lake City. No, yeah. Sandy, Sandy, it's Sandy, sorry. Sandy. S- same thing. People, Close people, enough. people that don't know Utah, same thing. Salt Lake yeah. City, Sandy. Um, but yeah, we spent we spent the we spent. A majority of the day today together, mm-hmm. you know, got a chance to get some food, spend some time here at the office, have, you know, you come in and spend some time with us here at the office. So first of all, thank you for being here. Yeah. This is fun. This yeah. is fun. This is exciting. Um, you've been, you've been getting around a lot lately. I started around February 1st, give or take a day. And, uh, and, and I've been home for a week or two along the way, but uh, this Utah is my 24th or 25th state to visit. I, I do have a track, but I can't remember right now whether it's state number 24 or state number 25. And uh, and we'll keep our show to about an hour today because yeah. uh, I'm headed to Boise right after the show. So I'm due to get into Boise around 11 p.m. tonight for my for my next visit tomorrow morning. Well, I'm excited about it. And um, I'm just so appreciative that you took the time to come and see little old me. You know, <laughs> I mean, because... Of all the people that you see, there's been a lot of really important people, so I'm flattered that you know I was on the list. Well, you were on the list from the very beginning when you saw me start my drives way back when, when I did it in the in the RV. Yeah. Uh, you were like, when are you coming to Salt Lake? When are you coming to Salt Lake? So I said, I'm, I'm going to come to Salt Lake, but um, what I wanted to do... Um, yeah, you have an announcement. I wanted. What I wanted to do is I wanted to... Uh, Class up the joint, if you will, at, at, <laughs> at, at Taco Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. Taco Tuesday oh my gosh. needs to elevate its game. I, I, okay. have, I, have, I have found straight up with a bottle of Dom. Oh! <laughs> a bottle of Dom to uh, uh, class up the joint here. <laughs> Taco Tuesday, so, uh, what goes better with tacos than a bottle of Dom Perignon yes. on Taco Tuesday with Christian Brindle? So, so, so if the, I may? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So this is this is more like what Galen Hendricks wanted Taco Tuesday to be. She wanted Taco Tuesday to be Margarita Monday. Oh, really? Well, she did. I, I, I would always go with Carving Station Tuesday, but <laughs> that doesn't yeah. sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> ah, um, beautiful. That, that is super exciting, actually. So, is this a cooler? This chest? This is my Yeti cooler that I travel around oh the gosh. around the country with. Um, you know, air is your 
enemy. See, the ice is still completely intact. Yeah. But you open it up, air gets in there, and then ice starts to melt. So we don't have to open that up anymore. I did have some Yeti stock once upon a time. Now we're gonna we're gonna. Is, can you drink this bottle? Of course. Okay. Well, now this is one that you can take home to your wife. Oh, thank you. So you take thank that you, one home That's for a special nice occasion. This and, is awesome. Uh, on your anniversary or. This is great. Very good. Well, all right. Well, let's talk about something here. What, yes. what, what should we talk about? So, my, uh, I'll, I'll tell you the, the thing that has come up the most on my, on my trip. Yeah. The most on my trip. It's remarkable how many people I have met who are natural, outgoing networkers. They yeah. are great at meeting people. So many of them, like me, have never met somebody that they didn't like, never met a stranger. But these Poor people are running these businesses and they don't know how. Yeah, I know we were talking because about it's that hard. <clears throat> it's hard. I've been doing it for thirty years and I think I just got good three years ago. Yeah. So, but you think you're doing uh, obviously the best that you can, and and it's like where do you get the rule book on on how to run the business, how to, how to hire, yeah, how to manage, how to train, you know, and and no, it's not always the same for every business, but some of the principles are the same and yeah and. And identifying, you know, whether you should be running your own business, which for me wasn't the case. I'm better off not running my own business and Thank and you. just focusing on, for me, focusing on meeting the customers. Yeah. And I found that um, I'm happiest doing what I originally started doing, which is working with my customers. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. And so I've got somebody else running my business now. And I don't take 30 or 40 or 50 phone calls a day like I did 30 years ago. But I travel the country and I meet with people like you. I meet with my customers. Yeah. But most of the people Cheers. I meet are busy doing paperwork and trying to figure out why they're miserable now running their own business. Right. Because you're no longer in the people business. You're in the paper business. So we, Cheers. Cheers to Taco you. Taco Tuesday. Cheers to Thank you. Thank you to everybody for joining. Sorry you can't taste our stuff here yeah. <laughs> So we got about 13 people watching live so far. All right, 13. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that number will get up to about 20 by the time we're That's all right. maybe about There's the next 15, 20 minutes. Because we are a little early. But um, so we were having this conversation, you know, the for the last hour or oh, two. Oh, that's beautiful. It, yeah. And one thing that that's good. That's mm -hmm. very smooth. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, my, 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 um, what I took away the most from our conversation, and I would love to continue it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of things that I want to ask you about and talk okay. to you about um, on here. I want to talk a little bit about leads. Right. I don't think we can get through this without talking about leads even just a little bit. Right. Um, but And we'll get that out of the way first. But but bef but but once we get through with that conversation, I, I want to talk about you know these, these principles that you shared with me that I, I feel like is the main thing that is the next challenge for my business. Is, is finding people that are maybe more talented to, to suit different roles than I am. Sure. And, and, and maybe putting me into a place where I'm not wearing as many hats. Like me and Glenn talk about this actually quite quite often. Well, Glenn's um, not here, so he's dead to us. <laughs> yes. Glenn's not in this conversation because yes. he, he no-showed us. Yeah, he did. He I'll did. get him when I'm in Portland. I'll go get Glenn. Yes, yeah. seriously. I'll be in Portland in a couple weeks. So what will happen is when you go to Portland, right. if it's on Tuesday – I'll just ghost Glenn on Taco Tuesday. I'll just not <laughs> okay, show up. Okay, Glenn that and I'll do Taco Tuesday in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, and I okay. won't show up. But right. but but I, I so I really want to talk about that because I feel like there's a lot of business owners and a lot of people that are trying to build agencies that are in that same predicament where they're wearing four, five, six, seven hats and they're overwhelmed. Well, here's the question since you asked me. And and in my in my podcast, I I recently just shot this, and that is growing your business with intentionality, being intentional in how you grow your business. Because when we spoke, I asked you the question, "What is it you want most?" Yeah. In your business, and that ties to home. But for the sake of this discussion, right? What do you want most? And everybody's answer to that is is different, and it right. shouldn't be flippant. You really should go away in a dark room for about 30 days and think about that and, and all of the things that comes with growing a business. Because when you're growing a business, there, there's a lot of good and a lot of bad and there's a lot of struggles. And if it's not really what you want most, 
you're less likely to to get there. Right. Right. If it's because you want to create an ungodly amount of money, the question then becomes, well, what is it you want to do with that money? Right. Um, because I'm a big believer that money has to spread out. It, it's, you know, I tip all the way along the country. I, I leave $20 at every hotel I leave for the service crew. I drove through uh, fast food and there was a young lady outside taking the orders and I left her a $20 bill. She didn't know what to do with that. You know, it's only $20, but it's a big deal to the people, you know, that you just may run across. I tipped the coffee barista today at the mall, $10, and he thought I was mental. But <laughs> um, you're, you're, you know, it, it's not necessarily just what you want most, but it's, if it's money, it's like, what is that money supposed to be used what's for? The, what's the point of the money? Because at the end of the day, money's just paper. Well, I mean, is it is it for generational wealth? Are you creating that money? you know, to, to do the right things with it, to grow it, to build it. Of course, you're going to pass it around to the people in your community, homeless people that aren't able to work and the things that you can do in the community. Um, I'm a member of a few different uh, nonprofit organizations. I have a meeting on Friday um, with a nonprofit. I'm wondering if he's going to ask me to be on the board of directors. I hope so. I don't think he's probably listening to the show, unfortunately. He's not an insurance guy. But um, his nonprofit is called A Pair of Socks. Okay. And they provide socks to the people in our home, in the homeless community in Dallas. And I've been giving to that charity for a while now, and so I'm wondering if maybe that would be a be a part. Of That's I'm passionate about. Yeah. About the homeless, I don't know how to help them, and I don't know how to start my own nonprofit. I feel like it's better to just give to one that's already figured that out. Right. And maybe I can give give some time, but. Yeah, I mean, my 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 outlook on money is because money seems to be a very controversial topic, right? It's like one of those. I mean, I don't feel like it needs to be or it should be, but it 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 seems to be. I think some people have this outlook about money that, like, with money, you know, if you're money motivated, you maybe you're a charlatan, you're in it for the wrong reasons, you're selfish, all those different cliche things. But we were talking about it earlier at lunch today. Like the way that I look at money is. You know, if your heart's in the right place and you don't want just money to, to get money, it's not a greed thing. It's that uh, you can donate to a good charity like that. You can get involved with a good cause and you can help it get off the ground. You can employ people. You can change people's lives. You can be, you know, make the world a better place. Um, I, I speak and I speak, I speak to big groups of agents. And when I go to brokers, and again, I've been to 25 of them so far this year, if I get in front of the marketers who are recruiting agents... I talk to them about the obligation for them to be successful. I, I think yeah. if you are working, if you're if you've entered into a job where you can make as much money as you can, I actually believe you have an obligation to make as much money as you can. And that doesn't mean stepping on people; it means bringing people with you yeah. along the way. Um, I'm a white horse guy. I always have been. I, I I'm naive in that way, and um, I don't know. Maybe it's worked for me, but yeah. I just think people always wake up. In the morning with the best of intentions. Yeah. Now, for some people, it may go awry. Some point during the day, things don't happen exactly how they plan, but they still woke up with the best of intentions that day. That's again, maybe I'm maybe I'm naive, but I, I agree I with think, that though. I, I think a that. marketer is recruiting agents. They're looking for people that haven't quite figured out how to make a living yet, and a marketer has all the tools for that person if they want to come to work every day and be successful, yeah. whatever success means to them. Um, the marketer has the tool to all of those, all those things, all of the training, the products, the, the leads. I mean, all, all of it. They, yeah. You know, when I talk to a, 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 a broker who says they want to retire and I've had that happen, I say, well, society requires you not to retire. <laughs> yeah. Society is a lot of people that need to know how to make a living. And if you're a broker, then why are you retiring? You could work a little bit less. You could travel a little bit more. But I think society requires you to continue teaching people how to make a living because there's a lot of people don't know how right now. That's very true. That's very true. I mean, I, I look at it for me because, you know, I'll, I'll share what I answered your question that with earlier. Um, what do I want most in my business? I, I want my company to grow into an FMO, an IMO. That's kind of where I want 
to get to long term. That's kind of where I see us going long term. And I feel like I'm in a spot because we were having a very good conversation. You don't have to go that way. You're right. saying you intentionally want to take a path to become an IMO. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's what I want to do. And I, I feel like I want to do that because I love working with agents. Like I love impacting people's lives. I just get a lot of fulfillment out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I work with an agent and they feel like that the, I help them be more successful in their business – and it, is, it came directly through maybe something that I taught them or a principle that I taught them or a marketing hack or a fa- you know, just something, maybe a script or a w- way of saying things, a phrase. Sure. I, I, I enjoy that. You know? And I, I've, I've, I've spent so many years now selling myself, selling direct-to-consumer myself. I, just, I feel like that's where I want my business to go. Um, but I, but I want to create generational wealth. I mean, it gets really deep. I mean, I really want to. Well, you're very deep. I, I, I try to, be, <laughs> um, but like I, I want I want to set a good example for my daughter. Right. I want, I want my daughter to grow up seeing her her dad be very successful. Like I want her to see what's possible in life. Um, right. Well, success can be measured in dollars. Can be measured in faith. Can be measured in family. Can be measured in how many people that you bring along on the road. Not not just wealth. Yeah. In fact, maybe not even wealth. Again, depends on who you are. Everybody defines that sort of what success looks like or what they want most in life different. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, my desire to touch agents, my desire to work with agents, kind of help them to be successful in their business is, is, is really kind of my driving force, you know, for me. But I think we had a great conversation earlier because I feel like the, my obstacle from getting from point A to point B is that I'm wearing so many different hats in my business, you know? Right. And, and, and I feel like there's a lot of agents that will watch this that are in that mold. I feel like it's way more common than maybe I might have originally thought. That's even in the bro- even in the, even the, the IMOs themselves, the people running the IMOs. Yeah. May not have the sort of the structure in place or they're doing the, they're doing the, the paperwork. They're doing the paperwork and they're busy holding people accountable and maybe that's not their strongest suit, just as it wasn't for me. Yeah. My strongest suit was still being in that personal relationship game. And once I got out to that, you know, that that is where lead concepts started to really blossom more. Hey, yeah. we should probably talk about leads. A lot of yeah, these people yeah, yeah. Let's came on to talk about leads. Let's After thirty about- years I know a few things about a few things about leads. So So I, I have I have several questions I would, I'd love to ask you about leads. I mean, if anybody doesn't know lead concepts, you're you're living under a rock at this point. I mean, you've done. I think I heard somebody say. I think I think I heard somebody say that you've done well, half was, a billion yeah. mail drops. Or half, yeah, half we had, had to had to mailers. do the had to do the math a little bit. But over thirty years, yeah, it's over a half a half a billion pieces of mail, and uh, um, and you know it, it's. It didn't. All of it didn't work, but most of it did work. And and uh, you know, I I have been relying all thirty years on the post office. Yeah. And they keep on delivering. They keep doing it. Uh, ups and downs, of course. Price increases over all those thirty years. I've never had a price decrease. We've had mm-hmm. price increases all those thirty years. Every time we've had a price increase, agents go, "Oh, I don't know if I can make that work." Right. But then. Keep ordering, keep ordering. Uh, when I was uh, running my marathon in Antarctica, which is a different story, I met people from all over the world, and I, I asked them. And guess what? Every one of them, Australia, India, um, Belgium, they, they all have a post office. <laughs> they all have a post office that delivers to every address in that country. That gave me comfort that the United States Postal Service is not going anywhere because I've wondered about that, but it's yeah. it's not going anywhere. I look at leads as the the heartbeat of your business, you know, the lifeline of your business. I feel like if you don't have enough people to talk to, your business dies. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is what 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 has made lead concepts so effective in? continuously um, delivering for agents. Because, I mean, if Lead Concepts wasn't a top-notch um, source of reliability for agents, 
there wouldn't be a 30-year history. What, what, is the key, what, what do you feel like differentiate, differentiates lead concepts opposed to maybe other vendors that don't make it? Like, what, what, is, what is the secret? Well, Christian, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm joking, but the, the, there isn't, there's no secret, man. There yeah. is no secret. It's just that you have to put the customer first. It's cliche, I suppose, but I, I, I wake up every morning and I assume everybody's going to be good and everything is going to work out. And, and, and that naivete is just paid off, I suppose. But I, all I've had to do for 30 years is tell the truth. Yeah. I, I'd love to say it was more magical than that. But um, when people ask me questions, I give them the straight, honest answer as to what their mailer will pull. Um, and once they place their order, they find out that I was right. And they and they keep ordering. And when we have one that doesn't pull as much as I thought, we we put money to it. We issue a credit or we do more mail. I've been doing it for for 30 years. Um, you know, I had a, a, a FedEx package 20 years ago that had 1,100 leads in it that got lost. And I had to remail 30,000 mailers at a time in my career when I didn't have that kind of money. But FedEx lost all the leads. Yeah. And, and so the customer lost three weeks. There was no getting the time back. You can't get the time back. Uh, but we could recreate the leads and... Um, he's, he's still my customer and he's, you know, still going, going strong. And I think I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, we had a 66, I think I'm getting that number right. $66,000 credit. Yeah. Cause we had a, a, a couple of hundred small orders that came in and all of them pulled less than we expected them to pull. And when we did our analysis and spreadsheet it all and pulled it all and did, you know, we were short about fifteen hundred and I think sixty leads. Wow! <laughs> That's so we applied a dollar amount to that number and then did the math, and it was sixty-six thousand uh, dollar credit. And you say, well, you know, you can't you can't do that. You can't pay a sixty-six thousand dollar credit. But yeah, you you just do it. Yeah, you just do. It. I mean, my job is way easier than your job. Yeah, I just have to stand behind our word, who we are, and so that. The secret to success is simple. Just treat people right. Not just your customers, but your vendors, which yeah. you, you do that very well, by the way. Thank you. Absolutely. Treat your vendors, treat your customers, treat your staff members, treat everybody with respect, and it, it comes back. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really true. And Somebody I, taught you that when you were very young. You didn't need me to tell you that. I had a good mentor uh, in, in my dad. Yeah, right. My dad was um, always a big believer in that. You know, like, you don't, you, you don't want to burn bridges with those kind of people because those are the people that you depend on you know to and 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 those are the people that can make the biggest difference in your business you know the carriers the reps at the carriers the lead vendors um those those it's it's we were talking earlier it's a relationship business yeah and um i i had a i had a question specific life is relationships isn't it yeah you know, yeah. the day you call me and say I'm not working with you anymore, I hope I still get to come on Taco Tuesday when I'm in town. Because for me, it, it'll it be okay if you decide you have to move in a different direction and not use lead concepts anymore. Yeah. Because all I really am after is your success and the, and the rest will take care of itself. And if you leave for a while, maybe you'll come back in the future. Maybe you won't. I've had customers leave because direct mail in their area quit pulling particularly well, and they went to all to some sort of a phone room or something else, and I and I I wished them well. Right? What else can yeah. you do? That's all you can do. Yeah. I mean, whether they were going to come back or not, I just you know let's all be successful. I have a question that I've been really curious to ask you for a while now. I was actually going to ask you in Memphis, but I forgot. <laughs> oh yeah, and, Memphis. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah. this 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 tells you how long it's been on my mind, and it might be kind of a naive question. Okay. Um, Perfect for me. But but I'm but I'm sure I'm not the only person that wonders this. So we work with agents all over the country that do mail drops. I'll notice in some areas that the return rate is dramatically different than another. Yeah. What? what yeah. Why? Why is that? Do you think is it is it because there's other competitors that are mailing as well? Like what what causes in one area to be one and a half percent and another area to be three percent? The only thing that you know that I can really pinpoint because if I really knew right, I'd, I'd 
I'd probably be wealthier, right, if I really, really knew. <laughs> yeah. But I think when we look at sort of a logic standpoint, it, it must have to do with the amount of mail that's already going into that area. Mm. But but also, there's, you know, there's radio, there is television. You've got other companies like mine that are. Healthcare toolkit that we mail quite a bit of. Because we, we're doing a growing number of branded type of mailers straight out of the, not just United Healthcare's toolkit, but some of the other, some of those, some of the other toolkits, um, you know, and and so sometimes an area just hasn't seen the mail in a longer period of time and it responds, but there are areas, there are states that have pulled poorly for years, and then there are other states that have pulled well for years. And I'm sure they're still doing radio advertising and all that sort of stuff. And lists, the data themselves today, 30 years from the, from the beginning, lists and data is so much better than it used to be. Yeah. So uh, I know that our, our, our lists are better, more accurate. Um, back in the old day, we would have thought, well, maybe the list wasn't as accurate in certain areas. But the lists are all excellent now. So it can only be that seniors are becoming understanding what they're seeing more often. As a, as an example, home uh, warranty mailers or car sorry sorry extended yeah, auto extended warranties. warranties. We used to do millions of those mailers. Yeah, and well, they just kind of dried up. They just kind of quit working, quit pulling, and uh, and so there's very few of those mail in your mailbox anymore because it just kind of became over oversaturated. And, and that's happening a little bit in, in other product lines, a little bit with annuity. Um, not yet with final expense. We're still doing well with final expense leads. Um, and, and the Medicare supplement, is a, it's a need. Yeah. It's, it's a need. I mean, every senior needs it. And so I, I haven't seen massive fall off in the Medicare su supplement and the MA, of course, um, response rates. Yeah. But some areas simply do not pull as well as others, and we hope that in the future they'll perk back up and sort of have a market correction is what we always called it. We'll just see. And But the reason you work with somebody like me is before you spend money in Georgia and get 1%, you can always, you know, say, hey, maybe, maybe go to Michigan, maybe go to Virginia, uh, Delaware, there's other places you can mail, but only if you're doing it over the phone. Yeah. Only yeah. if you're doing it over the phone can you do that. Otherwise, you're limited to where you live. Yeah. that make, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, with us, one thing I've noticed about direct mail leads, and I, I think I have a pretty good idea of what you'd say to this, but just in case I'm wrong, okay, <laughs> direct mail leads seem to me to have the longest shelf life of any type of lead that I've ever seen. Why do you think that is compared to maybe like a Facebook lead or a landing page lead or an internet lead or something like that? I mean, I think it's the physical form. Yeah. I think it's the physical form with their handwriting right on it. And when you can go to the door and you can show them that they, that they filled it out in their own handwriting and whether they filled it out uh, a week ago, a month ago or six months ago, they, they don't really know when they filled it out necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I've and, noticed you that know, too. Many, many, many years ago, I, I had a, a final expense agent. He was he was in Beaverton, Oregon. He still is. He doesn't do a lot of final expense anymore. But he would do a mailing. And back then we were doing $10 and $12 final expense leads. And they were fairly specific as well. And Sign me up. He wouldn't work them for a few weeks on purpose because he wanted to get that sort of separation so that people wouldn't think that, oh, I did this and now he's coming out to the door. He would wait until they would kind of forget the whole thing and then he would go out and show them the handwriting. And he felt like that made the approach softer. That's interesting. But that was a long time ago. Final expense wasn't a thing when I started in the business. Yeah. Final expense... Uh, insurance broke onto the scene after Medicare went level commission. Yeah. 
which you didn't, you 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 weren't yeah, around. Yeah, you weren't me. around. I have to ask your dad. Time. I have to ask your dad about that one. Yeah, but, that was before but my time. A, agents got paid more for first year commission, so every year you went back to the same client and rewrote them. Yeah. I, so you, every year you got first year commission, yeah. and I don't know what the commission was, but it was a nice strong commission. So every year the agent went out and said, well. There's a better policy today, and they'd move you from this company to that company to that company every year, and uh, and it, it wasn't in the best interest of the client, obviously of the senior. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, um, the industry didn't police itself properly, and so government had to come in and police it. Yeah. Because it was that what they were doing wasn't right. I remember my dad told me a story one time. There was a couple of carriers in the '90s that would pay commission on rate increases. Okay. So like when a carrier would raise a rate, let's say 5%, they yeah. would pay additional commission based on what the new rate would be. Oh, so if, like you if get, you rewrote it? Well, no, no, like oh. if you just stated on the books. So oh. like let's say, you know, a rate's 100 bucks a month and you're making 20% of that for whatever, whatever, just for the sake of example. Then the rate goes from 100 bucks a month to 120. The agent would get a raise. Yeah. On that. Yeah, like a little bump. And, and I, I don't think there were very many carriers doing it, but I remember he told like our lo like our local Blue Cross Blue Shield company did it, which my dad did a lot of business for in the nineties. Um, like it seemed to me like the nineties were like a wild wild west kind of time period for Medicare. I well, I can't speak on that. It was for leads. It, yeah. it was for leads. I mean, when I would have a uh, you know a, a prospect send me their mailer that was red, white, and blue, and it had a return address in Washington, D.C. for no reason other than there is, in fact, a post office boxes, etc. in Washington, D.C. on Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. So he would send Pennsylvania me a, Avenue. Yeah, Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue return address. Oh, my goodness. So you do your mailing and the leads would go back to Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. So everybody thought they were filling out a government form. Jeez. And when he sent me that and I said, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. He didn't understand why. I said, well, you're just doing that to fool people. And that's not why I wake up every morning. And so I'm not going to do it. And he said, well, what if all of the leads come back to me and we don't do that? And, then, and it's red, white and blue and I don't use a brown craft envelope. And I said, well, um, OK, I guess if, if there's no way anybody could ever know that I did the mailing, you're the customer, you're the mailing, it's all yours. I'll do it for you. And it was a it was a big mailing. It was like thirty thousand dollars was the order, and he wanted to give me a credit card. And I said, I'm not going to take your credit card. And so well, I said, well, if you're willing to fool all the seniors on the planet, then you must be want to fool me, and you'll probably just charge your credit card back. So, mail me a check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he learned that he heard that and he changed the mailer. He did my mailer my way, and he didn't do it red, white, and blue, and we didn't do it back to Washington D.C. And he, he respected me for that conversation. We were customers for a long, 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 long time. Yeah. He was doing living a living trust mailer. Living trusts. Yeah. I, I heard you recently. How many people are on? Are we boring people to death? Are no. we growing or shrinking? We have 18 now. 18? 18. Oh, my God. Yeah. A plethora of yeah. attendees. Wow. Yes. 18 people. We, we we're broadcasting people. to the world. We are. 18 we people. Are. But so... This I drove here this, for eight, to meet for these 18, 18 people. We, I love we, it. We, this conversation will be heard far <laughs> and wide, far and wide <laughs> in the insurance space. Jeez. So I heard. I thought I, you had all this strength, all this lift. It's the replay. A lot it's of it gets on the replay. A lot of it's on the replay. A lot of it's on the replay. Is, is Christian Brindle just a myth with no meat on the bone? <laughs> 18. Ouch, ouch, 18. Ouch. We're up to 20 now. We're up to 20 now. Is it really Glenn Shelton's show? Because he's not here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I, so when, when, when half the show leaves, half the audience goes with him. <laughs> um, so... I, I had heard recently okay. on Clubhouse. On Clubhouse. So Clubhouse obviously become a phenomenon lately. A lot of people spend a lot of time on Clubhouse. I've gotten in trouble spending too much time on Clubhouse. Right. Well, you've corrected that. I have. So it's very good. I have. Um, but there was a conversation that had kind of been put out there quite a bit about like doing branded mailers. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, I you kind of set the record straight on what that really looked like. 
Right. That it was more of like maybe like so if I wanted to do a mailer and right. I put Danny Joe Munger's logo on, shout out Danny to Joe Munger. Um, that's Long right. Logo. That's right. But if I put Jan- Danny Joe Munger's Christian Bruno Insurance Services logo on, that we probably would have a less chance of seeing a stronger pull on a return rate than maybe if we did like a AARP mailer. If you are doing a branded specific mailer and you're trying to brand you specifically, unfortunately there's no brand there to draw a return. Yeah. The brand that draws a return is Aetna, it's Cigna, it's AARP even more than United Healthcare Aetna or Cigna, it's AARP. And so when we do a branded mailer, I'm not talking about branding you. You have to find other ways to brand you. I'm in the business of generating leads. And and postage is too expensive to spend on trying to brand you. Um, we need leads. We need sales to come in through the direct mail. And so using a branded AARP mailer, if you're mailing 1,000 mailers, it, there's not enough you're going to see from that three or four or five phone calls. These always are going to advertise you and your phone number. So they're calling you and you're going to wait 21 days or so for three or four or five phone calls. It's not particularly exciting. And the answer to that is you can't mail just 1000. Right. You know, if you said I need 15 to 20 leads, then it's a mathematical equation. If you're getting three to five leads back, then you have to mail three or four thousand in order to get 15 to 20 phone calls so that you pick up your sales that way. Um, it's it's much more expensive. If you're feeding agents, you're going to feed them generic leads. Right. You spend, you know, $520, you're mailing 1,000 mailers, you get 15 to 20 cards, guaranteed, promised, you know what you're getting before you do it. I can't really guarantee these, but you know me, I do them, I know what they're going to pull, We'll try a little in your area, make sure it looks like it's going to match what we think. And then we start mailing 4,000 regularly and keep you in keep you in high intent leads. Yeah. But that, you know, it's very expensive. So that that would be something when you say I'm going to personally produce and I'm running my outfit here. I'm 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 the visionary. I'm the integrator. I'm the sales manager. I'm doing all my own video. I'm doing payroll. Yeah. How am I supposed to take a stack of 20, 30, 40, 50 cards and start dialing, you know, four or five times, emailing them, texting them? No, you have to be working a branded mailer where in the middle of your day, somebody's calling you. And so you're taking a call from a prospect ready to make some sort of a decision. These toolkit mailers are very specific, right? They're very specific. So they're they're not perfect, but they're a tool for a certain human. That is a better use of your time, right? Not return on investment, but return on time investment. Yeah. You can't run this organization and work generic leads. If no. you want if you want to write if you want to write business. Yeah. Maybe. And after our conversation today, we know that you've got to write more business. Yeah. In order to reach your ultimate goal of what you said you want most in life to be an IMO FMO. You right now need to be writing more personal production to build your own personal renewals so that you can begin to divert some of those resources to building your dream. Yeah, for sure. Like I was having a conversation with um, with some people at Agent Pipeline a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, they so last AEP, you know, our organization did a thousand, roughly a thousand apps, maybe a little bit under. they challenged me this upcoming year. They're like, we would like to see you double it. We would right. like to see that number go from 1,000 to 2,000. Just during AEP, not for the year, just during AEP. Just during AEP, our entire organization. Right, yeah. Um, you know, downline agents, everything like that. And But the stuff you're closing now doesn't count is what you're saying. I'm making sure I'm following you. Right, right, right. So like just during, just from October 15th through December 7th okay. every year. And that's our, obviously, you know, we have a lot of downline agents. It's our entire production you know, from our entire office. Um, but I would say... How the, the heck are you supposed to do that, dude? How are you supposed to double your number? Um, uh, now, let's get down to well, the nitty-gritty. How are you going to double 
your production. Do you have to double your? We need more agents. You need at the end of the day, like we you need, need double we need, the agents. We need more. Or you need more double bodies. the production from the existing agents. It's a bit of both. A little both. It's a bit of both. So like we need the existing agents to write more business, and some of them are doing great. Some of them are you know doing fantastic. We need. But you said one. what they're doing now doesn't count. Well, I mean, what I mean you is know like. What I mean, you said it. Well, that, that, it seems weird. Like I don't set yeah. a quarterly goal. I set an annual goal, and I know yeah. that during one part of the year, we're going to be much higher towards right. that goal. But it's still an annual goal. They right. just pinned you in a corner well, it's, and said, "It's, it's because not... it's because FMOs, IMOs look at production like that. They, okay. they look at it from two metrics. They look at it from yearly, January first to December first, thirty first, and then they also look at a separate off to the side thing here, okay. which is AEP." I, I'm sure we we really do it. This so we understand the same thing because yeah. we have our our AEP, our Super Bowl, so to speak, starts before AEP because yeah. you know we guarantee. Don't forget what you're going to say because I cut you off. I, no, I, I'm no, sorry. No, no. I'm sorry about that. No, you're fine. But we you know we guarantee results. We guarantee our returns, and but in October, in October, for the 18 people listening, please hear this message. <laughs> please hear this message. In October, when you mail in October. We guarantee that you will be disappointed. Yes. Yeah. I because remember. I can't really guarantee the pull in October because there's so much going on. There's so much mail. It's all already been done. It's too late. Well, the broker bucks come available in October, so I'm not spending my money. I'm spending somebody else's money. But I can't guarantee the leads in October because I, they just don't they just don't pull nearly as well. It's I can guarantee you're going to be disappointed when you mail in October. So if you're mailing in October, make sure you're using somebody else's money. I remember we talked about this last AEP. If I don't know if you remember this, but we had a phone conversation on in, you know, on on just quick, you know, few yeah. minutes over the phone conversation and when we were talking about when to actually do our AEP mailings and you advised me to do um to essentially mail them maybe I think it was either mid or end of August. Correct. And, and all that of worked. It. But and all of it, because a lot of people say, well, I'm going to do part of it in, in mid-August and part of it in mid-September and then some of it right before uh, AEP. And, and no, just mail it all right in August and be done with it because what you mail in August will pull higher than what you mail in September, which will pull higher than what you mail in October and higher than if you mail it in November. So yeah. just it just keeps falling. And that's not just meds up, that's final expense. Yeah. That's final expense. And you've got to be mailing your client retention mailer out as well. Yeah. We do that. We can help you with that. You can send us your clients and we can mail them a postcard. We can just do artwork for you. I have to charge a small fee because we get so many of those. Right. And uh, we have graphic designer that can build you your own personal client retention artwork and shoot you back a PDF and you can do your own mailing if you don't want us to handle it. That's fine too. We just want you to mail your existing clients. Growth starts with keeping what Retention. you already have. Retention, yeah, we You've were talking about this earlier. You've got to retain what you already have. How do you get to critical mass as an agent? You reach a spot where you don't need me anymore. You have enough clients, enough policyholders that you're servicing them and receiving referrals, mm -hmm. that you're writing new business while maintaining what you have, and you don't need somebody like me anymore. That's step one. And for some people, that's the only step they need. Do it. Good. How fast can you reach what I call critical mass? Yeah. And I think I think that is 100% true. I, I know. Well, isn't that your job to help get them to critical mass? Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 what I'm that that's my purpose yeah. in their in their business yeah. is to help them get to that point. Well, I'm glad I could I could crystallize your per, your your purpose. I was able to crystallize that for you. I'm glad somebody <laughs> can. I'm glad somebody can. <laughs> but like the other thing that I feel like is interesting about it is because I, I know a lot of agents too. I, I think this kind of segues into another good conversation that like I, I know a lot of I'm, agents. I'm driving to Boise in a half hour, so Okay, okay. I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I have a half hour. I'm gonna give okay. it but uh, I guess I should quantify that my wife Kim will probably be driving, be driving. to Boise. <laughs> In a half hour. Um, yeah, and you'll be you'll be a, you'll be the passenger. <laughs> um, but I know a lot of agents that specifically will build their business in like maybe South Florida or Tampa Bay area, and their business is 100% built on duels and LIS clients. And I see them that they they don't have the normal 90% retention rate that a Medicare agent I believe should have. 
Why? What do you mean? Well, with people that are, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, you know, um, beneficiaries, they have the option of coming in and out of your business. They can change their plan once a quarter. They have an SEP that goes three out of the four quarters of the year. Right. So they, they have they have they have the ability to change their plan any time of the year almost. You're talking about a med sup Medicare Advantage, like so. But if people have Medicare and Medicaid, there's if they have a certain type of Medicare Advantage plan, they can change their plan outside of the year. I thought they could only do it during. I I thought they could only do it during AEP. Not with these people. These people, the rules don't apply. Oh, to them. I'm sorry, LIS. Yeah. You're L- talking LIS. About, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, of but, course. But, they but, qualify under other rules, right? 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was but slow on that one. There, there's an agent I know in particularly, and I, I think he's a killer. Like he writes a ton of business personally every year, but he feels like his business is like a revolving door because people are are coming in and they're almost coming out as fast as they're coming. And maybe not quite, but he's having so many people go out that he's feeling like he's never getting ahead. Right. Well, that's tension a, isn't there. That's a great. That's a great discussion about asking yourself, what is it do I, that I really want? How am I going to build my business with intention? If he's running around and writing all this business that's not sticking on the books, then right. he's on a bit of a treadmill. So, what advice did you give him, or what? I to, I told it because his his marketing approach is to specifically and almost only target these. Low income, people. low income, which we do I, a tremendous amount of mail to the okay. zero to twenty, zero to fifteen thousand dollar income parameter. Yeah, and it's a great, it's a great way to kind of sell in the off season, you know, to sell outside of AEP. But I told him that I was like, I was like, I feel like you should diversify your approach. I feel like you should be looking for med sub replacements. You should be looking for turning sixty five people because those people are going to be stickier. Maybe not completely abandon what you're doing, but diversify. Because. Yeah. Um, that was my advice to him, but I feel like it's it's a it's 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 a tough thing because he's so good at what he does. You know, he doesn't want to stop doing what he does, but at the same time, he's like almost on a hamster wheel. Well, why why doesn't a Medicare agent go in with a fact finder like an annuity agent? That's a great question. I don't have a good answer for well, that. Well, why wouldn't you? It doesn't mean you have to sell an annuity to do a fact finder, but if you want to understand who a human is that you're sitting in front of and understanding their sort of their whole sort of lay of the land, do they have money in CDs? Do, do they own property somewhere else? Do they just have don't have two nickels to rub together? I mean, are, are they how are they going to pay for their for their funeral? You know, if you've got a memorial guidebook with you, you can actually fill out the memorial guidebook with them. If they truly don't have enough money to even pay for their own burial, then you fill out the memorial guidebook with them, with every any insurance policies they have, any savings account numbers, what type of flowers they want at their funeral, what music do they want played. You fill out the whole thing, and then the, at the end of it, how do we fund it? Yeah. Oh, well, how are you going to pay for the funeral? Here's all the things that we're going to leave for your surviving family member who is going to be your beneficiary, like who's the beneficiary, and then it's how do we fund it? So if it's a low income person, then there is a question there, right? And that somehow I think I'm not selling your product. So this could, maybe I'm, I just need to be quiet, right? No, never. But if you're doing a fact finder with somebody who's willing to do the fact finder, I think you have an opportunity to provide far more services to them than just writing them a policy. I agree. I agree with that. And I think I think the more you know about someone's situation... Did I just crystallize something else for you? No, 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 no. no. I mean, I, I feel like we we have a process that finds out a lot about a person. Okay, you when don't have a fact finder, but you, you maybe, have a process. We don't have like a, a sheet that says fact finder on it that has right. like... But, but we have a process in terms of like, you know, I want to find out quite a bit about a person's you know situation when we're trying to sell them like we know what questions to ask them to kind of find out some of that information i think that it's important i feel yeah. like the more you can know about your customers the better you can um fulfill their needs you know and i feel like if you're not asking those questions you're not accurately doing that um that, that's kind of the way i look at it right um I want, I want to sh- I want to shift gears back to something real quickly because right. I because I, I know I know we only got you for so long and I don't want to I want to want to let this this part get away I want to get back to the blue ocean thing ah 
<laughs> yes. Because to me, I think that is such a valuable thing in business because I feel like it's very easy to get to a point and, you know, I could probably say I'm, I'm at this point. I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about come, overcoming it. But having people in, in your business that you can essentially say, okay, this is what you do in the business and, you know, this is, this is your spot. You live in it. This is your real estate. I mean, I mean, you... you Are you talking about Blue Ocean now? Yeah. So the Blue Ocean strategy, if you ask yourself, what business can I get into right now that nobody else is doing? Yeah. What sets you apart? What? Well, no. If you ask yourself, what business could I start that nobody else is doing, it doesn't really exist. Mm. Right. Anything you want to do, there's jillions of people doing it. Yeah. And so you just start a business. Right. And you enter into what is now really a red ocean, just people everywhere in your business. And it's just people bumping into each other. And then you find that one thing that truly makes you unique for lead concepts. It was it was the guarantee. It was saying, yeah. when you place an order, we will tell you based on who you're mailing, where you're mailing, and what you're mailing. We'll tell you how many leads you're going to get back, and we promise it. That elevated us beyond all of our competition. We were in a red ocean. We we stepped into the water, so to speak. The water's all red, you know. And and as we differentiated ourselves with our honesty, our longevity and our guarantee, we swam far enough out into the ocean that there's nobody left. Yeah. We were in a wide open blue ocean. And customers began to flock to us. Yeah. And since our policy is never to let a customer go or go away unhappy or not get what they promised, we've been growing like crazy since we were able to identify our blue ocean, which is something we have had a hard time doing. Yeah. As I travel the country and I ask the same question to all the brokers I've been with, what are the things that make you unique from the next one? Haven't really haven't yeah. really found one. What makes you different that you do that nobody else does? And that's a tough question to answer, you know, for a lot of agencies. I know when you asked me the question, I really had to think about it. Well, I, on my last trip, I, I was speaking to a, a group of agents in Las Vegas. And um, Nick Micheletti with Heartland, I assume I can say that, right? Of course, yeah. He said that Heartland National pays a MedSup bonus. Remember I talked about the Brindle bonus? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not my idea. I learned along the way. Yeah, but I think Heartland maybe has created a small blue ocean right there. They created their own sort of separate way of of compensating. I don't know what the MedSup bonus is for Heartland National. I want but, to say it's it's some and somebody could probably let us know in the comments what it like what the actual dollar amount but is. They have identified something to say when you write us, you're going to pay, be paid more based on this set of whatever rules are. So they're trying to differentiate themselves by having their own sort of branded bonus. And maybe it's, it's only on MedSup, not on MA. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the first time I heard anybody have their come up with something that even resembled a blue ocean in this in this industry. Yeah, I think, you know, I think for for recruiters, we got we started to get into the weeds a little bit of this, too, before even we went live. But like, I think for recruiters. And, and I think every time I talk to another person that does a lot of recruiting, the number one question they get from agents when they're talking to someone about maybe coming on with their organization is leads. Can, leads, you, can you give yeah. me leads? What right. kind of leads do you give me? That kind of thing. And unless and for most organizations, it's a tough pill to swallow to be able to just give out leads because the spread is so small on an override in comparison. I mean, unless unless you're bringing on people that you know, you're taking the, the, the recruiters taking a portion of their, their, um, their, their commissions on top of their, you know, top of their override and those kind of things. Right. But for us, you know, like that's a challenge that we run into is because we don't take any of their commission. We only get the overrides and the overrides a lot of times 
you know, the spread maybe isn't enough to justify just giving leads out to agents. You know, so it's. Well, can you give leads out to somebody after they've sold ten policies? Certainly. Yeah. So I mean, that's. I don't know. That I, I think I think those kind of conversations, and and then you mentioned earlier, you know, we we're talking about skin in the game, maybe where, you know, they pay a poor portion of it or a percentage. Right. And then you know maybe the upline pays the other percentage. I think I think that something that can be figured out. I've typically found organizations, and I'm sure I'm, there's, there's some exceptions to this, but I've typically found that organizations that give away leads to independent agents without some kind of you know, fine print, they're usually very old leads that you know, it, almost, it almost ends up like they're just cold calling data. They're that old of leads, the intent isn't there, that kind of thing. I think agents picture that it's going to be brand new, maybe direct mail drops. Right, and it's not always what it ends up looking like. Um, but I feel like the or I think I feel like for a recruiting agency, that's probably what their blue ocean would be if they can kind of tap into a system like that. Well, what if you had an agent that had written a hundred apps and and now every ten apps you'll mail a thousand for them? That would be. They already wrote a hundred. Yeah, that would be. So profitable. now every ten apps I'll mail a thousand for you. And that and that would and be you profitable. keep churning it. Yeah, I just made that up. It's 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 not you, a bad you, idea. because you you just unfortunately you can't provide leads. I, I don't know any way you can provide leads. And I've seen it many 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 times. Um, buy, buying leads for people will 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 break you. It'll break the bank. It just it's not ideal. You could buy phone lists. That that wouldn't be a, a problem. It depends Data. on how you, how you define a lead. Right. Here's a 65 year old with a phone number. Right. They're 64 and they're and here's a phone number. So if that's a lead, then you could afford to do that. But if, if, if you said, yes, we have a lead program, as soon as you sell 100 apps, then every 10 you write, I'll do 1,000 mailers for you. And you just keep writing 10 every 1,000. I like that. Then you brand it. You figure out how to, you like it? Well, don't, don't record that. Yeah, thing. No, yeah don't watch. Everybody go away. Everybody <laughs> go away. Look, listen, <laughs> you, you, if you've got somebody who's writing policies, then you want to keep them going. If the right. problem is, right, it, well, it. well, the 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 business is segmented, right? You have eighty um, percent of your premium is coming from twenty percent of your of the of the agents of your agents, yeah. but twenty percent of your agents that are writing the least amount of business are taking up eighty percent of your time, right? And so, what do you do with the twenty that are taking up all your time, right? And then you've got the twenty that need your time, probably aren't asking for it, but they they should be getting, in my opinion, they if you want retention, if you want them writing, they are the ones that you should be getting leads, and the other one should be looking at them saying, "I've got to write a few more apps, and I'll get then I'll get in this program, and then I'll have gravy." Yeah, I yeah. don't know. It makes it makes a know. lot of sense. I mean, you and and I feel like there's groups out there that do some things like that, but maybe not exactly to that level. You know where it's. Every ten, they're doing a drop for them. But I think it makes a lot of sense because, like you said, they gave you a hundred, and then they're giving you ten. Um, so you're probably still in the green at that point, depending on what they sell, of course. But um, if they're writing, <laughs> if they're writing and they're working and they're writing, and you're not profitable on every order, uh, but they're getting closer to critical mass. That and, has to be that has to be your that has to be your your and, guiding light is how many people you get the critical mass. And an upline, your guiding light can't be I didn't make money on this one, you know. It's like I'll right. make money on that one. Did they make money? Right. Well, if they made money, then good for you. They made money. You got to bring everybody with you. It, it, okay, that's naive, but you got to bring everybody with you. If they made money, if you made money on this order and they made money, but on the next one they made money, but you didn't. Okay. You, we got to get all these people to where they're where they're paying their bills, and and when they get to that spot, they get the critical mass, you know. Then it's a different then it's a different story. So they've got yeah. they've got they need to get where they're have a you know some sort of a comfortable living where they're where they're paying their bills and they're living a good life. That has to be your guiding principle. The other thing that that, that just popped into my head that's an important factor of this is like let's say even you do a drop for someone and you break even. In terms of what you earn back, in terms of the renewals, you know, let's say it's every ten apps you break even. 
a lot of people don't realize this that aren't recruiters, but recruiters earn overrides on renewals too. Right. So if you have a hundred apps on the books from somebody that sold them that's in your downline, you're going to earn renewals in the second year of the policy, the third year of the policy, the fourth, the fifth. Right, right, right. So long term, it does snowball, very much snowball, just like your own business would. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important aspect of that as well. And I think maybe that's something that could help somebody if they were to try something like that to maybe get out of their own way of looking at, you know, was this profitable? Right. Because the mm-hmm. long term renewals is, I mean, that's, that's where the money is in the Medicare business. Here's a question for you. Sure. <clears throat> uh, Lead Concepts has 45 uh, people right now and growing. And I, I attend a CEO group with, with all sorts of CEOs with much bigger organizations than me. And I'm wondering how many of them are paying for insurance for their employees that would qualify to go on Medicare. Is that a market that is being ignored as a business owner? And I'm paying for somebody to be on my insurance who's 68 years old. Should I introduce that person to a Medicare supplement? I, I wouldn't tell them you have to, but could I? They probably would save some money yeah. by switching from my plan to, say, your plan, MedSup. Yeah. I think, I, th- I think it's a great point, and I don't think there's a whole lot of agents out there that are partnering with employers. Right. Maybe being like, you know, when your people reach this age, send them to me. Right. I feel like there's some agents out there that do it. There's agents I know. So you're saying that I'm right. That is a market. Yeah. That's yeah. a market that is, I think it's untapped. I agree. I agree. Yeah. There, there's a, actually a very big company that has... Oh, been, there's so much information yeah. on Taco Tuesday, yeah. baby. I know. We got, we got 18 people getting all this information. We, we, we had up to 25. Half of, them, we had half to, of them are on but unplugged. They're not we, paying attention. They're we missing. Had, we had up to 25. They're missing the meat. The meat and potatoes is coming yeah. out now, and they're not here for it. There is a very large company. That used to call itself One Exchange. One Exchange, okay. Now they're called Via Benefits. Okay. So they just changed it. Doesn't mean anything. Okay. But what this company did, and I don't, and and they and I don't know all the, the the nuts and bolts of it, but they would they were a pretty large company as well. They ran call centers and stuff like that. They would partner with employers, and the employer and this company would work out an agreement to where, if, um. Sorry, Matt Murray's texting me wanting us to dab or it's not really live. It's <laughs> <laughs> dabbing. Very, very bad dabbing. <laughs> so, but this company would essentially work with retirement groups and they say, you know, instead of giving retirement insurance to people that worked for you, let's say for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. instead of offering them retirement benefits, send them to us. They can get a meds up through us right. and we'll pay for half of if not all of their premium they'll get reimbursed for the premium essentially they get a free meds up okay and um it saves the employer money that is probably the closest thing i've seen to that to that market being taken in scale but i feel like for an actual agent if they were to just network with different businesses in their community that could be a blue ocean well the thing for me you know and i've i've mentioned this a couple of times i don't think anybody's done it yet but I do marketing for funeral homes, and funeral homes are always looking for reasons to invite the community in, meet them, get to know their neighbors. If you're a second or third generation funeral home owner, especially third generation, it's really all you know is that industry. And your market is no bigger than the car wash right next door to you. It's this small Mm -hmm. thing. So your reputation is enormous. And when you bring people into your funeral home between the ages of 50 and whatever, you, you want to make an impression, you, you, you want them to trust you, believe in you, like you, and they're always looking for reasons to bring the community in and provide them with valuable information that they may not have. It can be estate planning, it could be about pre-need or final expense, but oftentimes when I'm doing mailings for them, there's not a Medicare speaker, a, a health insurance speaker. Yeah. Somebody in there to educate them about dental and vision prescriptions and all of that stuff. And to me, there's an opportunity for for you to provide a service to the funeral home. 
and actually partner in meeting the community. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, we're at about an hour. Well, that doesn't even mention the bowling league I'm in. Most of those people <laughs> would be most of those people would be perfect. What is your normal bowling score? Uh, well, I missed last night, unfortunately, but I, I bowl about a 180, 185 average. So. Better than me. Well, I mean, That's I've been bowling a lot, and uh, I'm, I'm, I will say I'm disappointed with that average. Yeah. I'm pretty disappointed that it hasn't. But I said the same when we talked about golf earlier. I yeah. still cannot seem to break 100 no matter what I do because there's always an 8 or 2 on the scorecard somewhere. I, so I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got a, I know you got a commute ahead of you. Where can people get in touch with Lead Concepts? Let's say there's someone that's watches this because this will be put up on YouTube. You replay usually right. gets a couple hundred views, um, and then and then this will be up on the group and replay. It'll be on podcasts. It'll be everywhere. So a lot of people will see the replay. More than eighteen people. More than eighteen. More than eighteen people. people. I, I sincerely hope so. Well, listen, um, I I how can I people... wanna, Well, I want to meet everybody. I want to meet everybody. So I don't want anybody to bypass me. Just text me. Just send me a text message. Is that is that weird? No. I'm all over the country. I'm not in the office. There's of course there's an 800 number. My email is Chris Weir at leadconcepts.com. Um, but I'd much rather somebody just text me and open up a discussion. If you call me, I won't answer the phone because I don't ever know who's calling. But uh, but just text me. My cell phone is 817-706-7914. and uh, that's my personal cell and, uh, and I, get text mess- all day. I get text messages all the time from agents brokers carriers you name it because after 30 years i know a few things because i've seen a few things that's the state farm guys well says. i i can speak to this you know we've been together since maybe about 12 30 today yep your phone's been going off all day yeah so I, I i can speak to that um I thought that was. I think that's really cool, though, that you're comfortable giving it out like that to your customers. Because I remember when we were doing the lead review video for you, you were just like, "Text me. Here's my phone number. Text me." <laughs> I shot you a best Facebook message. Shortcut. Like, Shoot me a text. Yeah, shortcut to all the information that you need to be successful. Anything that you heard here, if you don't end up mailing with lead concepts, that's okay. You know a little bit more today than maybe you did yesterday. If you've got a favorite lead company that's treating you right. Order with them. Keep doing what you're doing. If it's working, don't change it. Uh, I hope to be doing this another 30 years, so I'll be around whenever you need a lead guy. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, This was fun. Um, Guys, thanks for watching. And make sure to do your direct mail with lead concepts. (laughs) We love them. Like We we use them all the time, and um, Chris is the best. So, guys, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, Glenn will be here. Glenn, I'm yeah. coming to Oregon, buddy. And, I'll and, try and do it on a Tuesday. And when you sh- and when Chris shows up on a Tuesday, I'm going to be like, <laughs> I can't do it, guys. I can't do it. I'm just going <laughs> to show up. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. We'll be back next time.